You're listening to episode number 19 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Hey, I'm Leanne from healthfulpursuit.com, and this is the Keto Diet Podcast, where we're busting through the restrictive mentality of a traditional ketogenic diet to uncover the life you crave. What's keto? Keto is a low-carb, high-fat diet where we're switching from a sugar-burning state to becoming fat-burning machines. If you're in need of keto recipe food prep inspiration, I've prepped a free seven-day keto meal plan exclusive for podcast listeners. The plan is complete with a shopping list and everything you need to chow down on keto for seven whole days. Download your free copy at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash keto meal. Let's get this party started. Hey guys, happy episode number 19. I can't believe we're almost at 20 and I have so many exciting interviews coming up over the next couple of months, including my sister is going to come on the show when we travel to Expo West and we're going to be going through our favorite products at the show, up and coming cool keto things and things to watch for. And we both love eating, so I'm sure we'll be like eating while we record in our hotel room. So I'm really excited about that episode. It's a couple of months away. There's lots of really cool things going on. I actually really loved recording last week's solo episode. I really love just chatting. You and me every once in a while. Not too much though, because I'm sure my voice could get annoying over time. So the awesome thing this week is that I wanted to highlight one of our new partners products because I've been using their product now for about two months and I'm in love with it. It's the soil-based probiotic by Wolf Clinic called Royal Flora. And I wanted to chat a little bit in the awesome thing this week segment about soil-based probiotics and why I love Royal Flora probiotics. So put simply, Probiotics are microorganisms that play very important roles in regulating proper intestinal function and digestion by balancing intestinal microflora. They can be found in various fermented foods with active live cultures such as yogurt, as well as supplements. So that's where you see the soil-based, dairy-free based, or dairy-based, depending on what you're going for. So you're probably wondering, and I was wondering a couple, probably about six months ago, like what the heck is the difference? between a soil-based probiotic and the regular stuff that you see at the supermarket. And usually that's at the base of like dairy or non-dairy cultures. Soil-based organisms are key contributors to our health because they increase the diversity of beneficial bacteria in our guts, helping to improve digestion, boost immunity, and much more. This can help us avoid the unpleasantness from abdominal discomfort, bloating, etc., While the other sorts of probiotics and the dairy or the non-dairy probiotics are more popular, they struggle to make it through the digestive system. So oftentimes you will take a probiotic and it will get to your stomach and then it will die or a lot of it will die. But with the soil-based probiotics, they actually get all the way to the intestines. So this ability for those soil-based organisms 
to get to the intestines is called endospore forming bacteria, which are naturally hardier and better able to withstand the challenging environment of the stomach. They also colonize the gut more effectively. So this means that we can reduce our dosage to maintenance levels much sooner without worrying about the health benefits of the probiotics disappearing. So I know like for myself, I'm always like switching probiotics and then increasing the amount and then lowering it. So I love probiotics. I've been using them for a really long time and I decided to switch over to the soil-based probiotics from Wolf Clinic. They were kind enough to send me a couple of bottles. I've been trying it out. My gut is so happy and just, you know, like when you eat stuff that you know isn't good and Meg and I actually chat about the fact that squash hurts our belly later on in the podcast and now with me taking the royal flora every day I don't have as many of those reactions to food that I used to and to give you an idea like I've been taking probiotics every day for the last eight years and alternating it with different things but I've never done a soil based and I just find that I'm not reacting to food in my gut as much as I used to and And my skin is a lot better. Like I still have some bumps and imperfections, but I find I don't break out as as much as I used to because of the foods I was eating. Like previously, if I ate too much chocolate, I would react to it on my face. Um, Certain things like bell peppers, not potatoes, but all the other nightshades. But now I'm finding I can eat a little bit more of them. So this is really exciting news. So I wanted to highlight that in the awesome thing this week. And what we're covering off in today's episode are some of the following going keto while recovering from an eating disorder doing away with food tracking macro tracking and food weighing ditching the need to compare yourself to others and how to overcome food rules to create a life of health and happiness and so much more the show notes for today's episode can be found at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash podcast forward slash e19 and let's hear from one of our awesome partners The show is partnered up with Paleo Valley, the makers of the only 100% grass-fed and finished fermented beef stick. Each stick contains 1 billion probiotic CFUs. We all know how important fermented foods are to the health of our gut and the strength of our immune system, especially during cold and flu season, as well as boosting our energy throughout the winter months. Chowing down on Paleo Valley's fermented beef sticks provides your body with all of the beneficial bacteria it loves in one convenient little beef stick. Their gut-friendly sticks are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, GMO-free, freaky chemical additive dye and preservative-free, as well as being 100% free from carbs and sugar and made with the highest quality ingredients. Exclusive to listeners of the show, receive instant savings of 20% off Paleo Valley fermented beef stick snacks by going to paleovalley.com forward slash keto. And if your jaw is just tired thinking about beef jerky, it's worth noting that these tasty treats are not tough at all, but moist with a little snap. The summer sausage flavor even tastes like those hickory summer sausages, but without the gunk. Seriously delicious. Again, that's paleovalley.com forward slash keto for an instant 20% off savings. Okay, so I have one announcement and it's a 
big one. It's a big, big one. If you follow me along in our private Facebook group, which you gain access to when you purchase any of my digital products, I gave you guys a little sneak peek of my book tour. So excited. I'm going to be going on tour with my new book called The Keto Diet, which is my very first paperback. It's a cookbook. There are tons of pages and I'm going to tons of cities to meet up with you guys and chat all things keto, take a bunch of selfies, sign your books if you want me to. So you can go over to ketodietbook.com forward slash tour. I'll include a link in the show notes for today's episode and you can take a look, see if your city is on there. And if it's not, do not worry, do not fret. We're still adding more locations and dates as we go along. I just have to coordinate with bookstores and places and make sure that people are good with having us and how many people they can accommodate. So If your city is not on there, don't worry. I haven't forgotten about you. I would like to go to every single city in the US and Canada, but I know that that's not possible. But we're trying to at least get the major cities. So the Canada-based stuff looks a little bit thin right now. Don't worry, we're gonna be adding stuff. And I know that so many of you have been asking about your different cities. I'm marking all of them down and trying my very hardest to get to your city. So it'll be starting on April 11th and going until about like maybe May 1st or so. I'll be traveling all around and I would love to meet you in person. So again, that's ketodietbook.com forward slash tour and we can hang out, chat all things keto and just like have a good time. I am so excited and definitely check back as we get closer to the book launch. So if you have an idea for a podcast episode or want to submit praise over and above the review, which you can lead by going to healthfulpursuit.com forward slash review, you can email me at info at ketodietpodcast.com. So our guest today is my very good friend, Meg Dahl. She is a registered holistic nutritionist like me and works with women across the globe through her online holistic nutrition practice. As an eating disorder survivor, one of Meg's greatest passions and areas of expertise is in eating disorder recovery. She's extremely passionate about the topic of self-love and believes it to be the missing piece to our health journeys. Throughout her time recovering from her past eating disorder and other health issues such as hypoglycemia, anxiety, and depression, Meg has also discovered the incredible healing power of a high-fat diet and is currently writing a book which focuses on how to heal with high-fat eating style and self-love. So Meg is my girl. We speak the same language. It was just so great to catch up with her before we recorded. We chatted a bunch and she's just such a kind and warm soul. And I just loved having her on the show. So without further ado, let's cut over to the interview. Hey Meg, how's it going? Hey girl, I'm so great and so happy to be on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, totally. I am totally in love with your work and we've been pals for quite some time. And for listeners that may not be familiar with your work, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so you and I definitely have been friends for quite a few years. And what really drew me to you actually was because you are also Canadian, of course. (laughs) So I started following you and I was studying dietetics at the time. And I was just really interested in helping people with their food choices because I battled two rounds of anorexia as I was growing up. So I was 10 years old and then 15 years old when I, you know, was 
struggling with anorexia. And then by the time I was ready to move on to university, I was recovered. And one of the people on my health teams that really made a difference in my life was my dietitian. She was the one that really opened the doors for me to, you know, just really love food again and just see it as food and something that I really needed to heal. And it's not like she was natural, um, ancestral type of dietitian. She was just like your standard dietitian, but her approach was really gentle and she played such a huge role in my recovery. So she inspired me to go on and study dietetics. So I went to university in London, Ontario for dietetics. And once you are done the schooling for um, dietetics, there's, you know, the option to go on and do an internship to actually become a registered dietitian. And when that time came, it just like wasn't sitting well with me. What we were learning in class wasn't even how I was eating myself. And I'm the type of person that, you know, if I tell someone something, like I have to be doing it myself. I'm not going to tell someone to eat low fat when I'm eating whole eggs and right so this was back in 2013 you know I was eating whole eggs I was looking for like fatty cuts of meat and ghee and all that sort of stuff and what I was learning in school wasn't in line with what I was doing and I just like sat there and I was like I can't go on and be a registered dietitian and follow the college and like the guidelines that they have to follow. So I just was like, okay, I'm not going to do my internship. And I was just really lost and thinking like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? And then you wrote a blog post (laughs) about the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. And I was like, why have I never heard of this before? And there just so happened to be a campus right in London where I was living. So I went there, I started studying holistic nutrition. And, you know, for the first time, I was like, wow, this is actually where I'm supposed to be like learning exactly what I wanted to learn, how to truly use food as medicine and eat fat and feel good. So I was super happy about that. Graduated from CSNN and like that month I opened up my online holistic nutrition practice and have been seeing clients all over the world since I have a background and firsthand experience with eating disorders. I definitely do specialize in eating disorder recovery and love being a health professional that can help those girls because that's seriously lacking in our world. There's Mm -hmm. not a lot of people that truly understand eating disorders and how like food can play a role with that and the healing with that. So that's one of my areas of expertise, but I also super love, um, digestion and hormones and that sort of thing. So I definitely do help a wide range of women, but my heart really lies in eating disorder recovery. So that's kind of what 
I do. And then where I am today, I guess we I have a podcast myself for anyone who doesn't know. And we had you on yeah, like, you did. a while year. ago. Yeah, yeah, it was like, pre- it was probably over a year ago, actually, when your fat fueled book came out. Yes. I and yeah. At that time in my life, I i mean, like a year ago, I was, you know, working out at the gym really hard. And I had the mindset that, you know, like I ate a balanced plate, like I had mm-hmm. protein and carbohydrates and fat, but I definitely put the emphasis on carbohydrates when I was, you know, working out. I was just in that mindset that I needed like all the carbs and like four times a day I was eating like a sweet potato as big as my head and I like seriously not even lying and so we had you on the podcast and you were just like talking about you know keto and high fat eating and all the ways in which it could help you and I was sitting there feeling like pretty fatigued, like I wasn't feeling my best, that was for Mm -hmm. sure. And from there, I started like dappling with lowering my carb intake, increasing my fat intake. And I started feeling better, not totally better, because later on, I actually found out I had a parasite. So that was definitely one of the reasons I wasn't feeling good. But even with a parasite protocol, you need to adopt like a lower carbohydrate, high fat diet. Um, And once I started doing that, I felt like a world of a difference. Like it was incredible. And not only like digestion energy wise, but I mean, for all of my life, I was convinced that I was like hypoglycemic and I just had to live with it. And I had to eat like every like two hours to maintain it. <laughs> right? Like same old story. So I was under that impression. And then once I, and it's annoying, like it's it so is annoying. Stressful. And you have to like carry snacks in your purse and like worry about where you're going to have lunch. And then you get like short with your husband or your significant other. Like, yeah, like that word hangry, like everyone. (laughs) Yeah, real thing. And my entire family used that to describe me. So, and that's not fun. And, you know, especially someone, and I'm sure you can agree with me on this, but with a history of an eating disorder, And when you're like constantly thinking about your next meal because you don't want your blood sugar to like go like drop or you get shaky, like you are constantly thinking about food. And for someone that was like constantly thinking about food in the past because of different reasons, that's not something that sat with me very well. You know, like it was very stressful and I was like, oh my gosh, I just like want to stop thinking about food and just like be like my mom, my dad, like my boyfriend, Scott, who literally like wake up, they eat when they're hungry and then they eat again when they're hungry later on, you know? And I was just like, oh my gosh, like I so badly want to be there. And really it just comes down to healing like your blood sugar And with that, that came with a very high fat diet and like a low carb approach. And that's where I am right now. So feeling a lot better these days, thanks to kind of like your introduction to high fat eating for me and then me just like 
you know, being open to experimenting with it and committing to it really. That's so awesome. And you're not the first person that I've spoken with about eating disorders and keto or like low carb eating where you're balancing your blood sugar and you don't have to care about food anymore. And that was so big in my own recovery of just like those last negative behaviors of the eating disorder that I had and really obsessing about food and thinking about food. And when I went keto, it was sort of like, oh my gosh, I can go all day and I don't have to worry, think, eat like it's just it's a natural thing and when I eat I can eat as much as I want and it's it's quite an interesting feeling and that was really the quote-unquote nail in the coffin for my experience with an eating disorder so that's cool that you kind of felt that same way of just like when you went lower carb it's like you don't have to care so much about food every two hours because that can be really hard even when you're recovered to not make that a negative behavior Totally. And like, do you actually want to be eating like four huge sweet potatoes every single day? Like, no, like I didn't even want to be eating those, but it was almost like I was like, oh, like I need to, yeah, like I have to fuel my training. Like, you know, you just have this mindset that you need to have all those carbohydrates and like, that's not really free in any way and now just thinking like when you were saying when you sit down to a meal you can like eat whatever you want and just like pile it on and I mean that's exactly how it is for me now you know like last night we had salmon and asparagus and I just like load up on like all the ghee and put it on everything and like salad and then you put like nuts and like oils on your salad whereas before it was so like carb focus and you were like okay like I can't have too much fat with this because I'm having all these carbs like I don't know and that's just what naturally happens right when you eat a lot of carbs it's like well you're not really hungry for all of the fat so totally yeah you kind of switch yeah it's one of those like natural balances I found when I was increasing all of the fat and also like I crave the fat too Whereas before, like a year ago, it was almost like I was reminding myself, okay, like to refuel after your training, like you need these carbs. It's not like I really wanted them. Totally. And so let's chat a little bit about the transition that you made from that more eating disorder state to where you are now. I'm sure that there was a moment where like, were you ever obsessed with tracking and that tension that comes from tracking and how did you go from like tracking to intuitive eating (laughs) and what what was that like for you it was scary yeah (laughs) it was really scary it was so I was tracking every single day every single morsel including spinach like I have vivid memories of using a food scale to weigh a spinach salad. Me too. Mine are kale. Measuring my kale. That was like a big thing for me. Our poor souls. I know. know. Poor us. So I think for me, it was the winter of 2013. And one night I was just like weighing my food for dinner. And I just had a complete meltdown. It was like, I cannot do this anymore. And because like I was recovered in quotations Mm -hmm. from my eating disorder, anorexia, we'll say like I was recovered from anorexia, like the last thing I wanted to be was skinny, like that wasn't something I was striving for. Or, you know, like I 
I would rather overeat than undereat, but I was like so obsessed with tracking my food to make sure I was getting like X amount of calories every single day, if that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So recovered from anorexia, but very still like obsessed with food. And then that one night in 2013, I was like, I realized that I so badly just wanted to be healthy. And as I was like weighing like my fish or whatever the heck I was eating, I just broke down. So throughout my scale, like never to be seen, you Is know, it I was scary just like, to do that. Um, I wrote an entire blog post about <laughs> how terrified I was. So it was really, really scary. But before I did that, I reflected because I was kind of already just weighing like in the on the like weekdays. And then on the weekends, I like had more busy days. And I didn't weigh. And I realized that I was so much more happier and free and just like I felt healthier overall on the weekends. And I was like, okay, that's clearly a sign that I should no longer do this altogether. Mm -hmm. And I want to be healthy, but this action is not healthy. And I think once you, you know, really get clear on what you want. So what I wanted was to be healthy and happy. Those are my two words. I call them like kind of my two focus or my two anchor words was happy and healthy. What does healthy mean to you? Because a lot of people would say, okay, well, Meg and Leanne, (laughs) like tracking is good because you can track your macros. You can make sure that you're eating enough or not eating enough. I totally disagree with that statement. But, you know, like that's healthy and intuitive eating. If I eat intuitively, all I'll be doing is eating candy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So healthy is definitely different for everyone. So I really think that if anyone's listening right now thinking like, well, like, you know, I think macro tracking is healthy, like, really sit on that. And, you know, define healthy for yourself. And for me personally, that was not healthy for me, it was disordered for me. And that is why I was like, okay, like, if I want to be healthy, but I'm doing something that I view as very disordered, I need to let that go. Yeah, totally. And are there certain things like signs that you watch for that you're healthy? Like for me, it's, you know, if my period is regular, if I'm ovulating every month, if I'm engaging in positive movement that's making me happy, then I'm healthy. And it really honestly doesn't have anything to do with the food that I eat I've kind of like (laughs) separated that out from my health like the food will be the food and I will eat the food that makes me feel good but I try not to have that as my focus for health what about you totally yep and one thing I will tack on to that is you know we used to think that well healthy equals when I look this certain Mm -hmm. way. And then when I actually sat down and defined health for myself, I didn't even touch on body image because it has nothing to do with how you look. It's about how you feel, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's totally about how you feel, how your body functions. Like you said, you know, like ovulating, like all your hormones in balance, like clear skin, like good digestion. Are you going to the washroom every day? Like 
that is healthy. And it really, like you said, has nothing to do with macros or calories. And I would go to say that it also, for me, didn't have to do with how lean I was, how muscular I was. And once I realized that, that is what helped me like move through that fear of throwing out my scale and also like no longer logging onto that dreaded my fitness pal. Oh, um, say, <laughs> hearing those words, I'm like, don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. It's totally brutal. And like from, I know for me, in order to become quote unquote healthy for me, I had to gain weight mm-hmm. and quite a lot of weight compared to where I was at. And I mean... For me, it was like a constant struggle of like, okay, you know, like this doesn't matter. It's not important. Like it doesn't define you. What were some of the steps that you took throughout your body transformation while you were discovering your own happiness and healthfulness outside of tracking macros and caring about everything that you ate? Yeah. So as this is a really good question and one I get a lot actually, and I have like a very specific question, exactly what I, or a very specific answer to Mm -hmm. what exactly I did. So I had those two anchor words, healthy, happy. And if I looked in the mirror one day and was like, oh, Meg, Mm -hmm. like you are gaining weight, like, and all the sirens start going off, right? I would ask myself those two words, are you happy? And I would think like, am I happy right now? And I always was, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes. And then it was like, okay, are you healthy? Like, are you feeling good? Are you, you know, experiencing anxiety? Or how's your sleep? Like, are your hormones coming back? Because obviously, my hormones were very out of balance. And like, I mean, I wasn't 100% healthy, but I don't believe any of us are. But I could wholeheartedly say that, yes, I'm healthier than I was before I started this journey, right? And when I was able to answer yes to both of those questions, I kind of like gave myself a nod in front of the mirror and I was like, good, then you're good to go. You know, Mm, like um, if you're not able to say yes to both of those questions, then like maybe you need to reevaluate some stuff. But that's kind of how I handled those like weird body image things. Also, a lot of tools from like eating disorder recovery, right? Not spending so much time in the mirror and just like going out and doing something that actually makes you feel good, whether that's, you know, tea with your mom or like just go out for a drive or meet up with a friend for a little walk or go to the mall. I killed so many hours in the mall, just like roaming the mall. I basically lived at the mall when I lived in London just to like, you know, really make me feel good about myself when I was maybe like struggling a little bit upstairs. And then also reminding myself that I don't always see myself the way others see me. I call them like ed eyes, like eating disorder eyes. Mm -hmm. Like you, it's almost like this, like eating disorder has the ability to put like a lens on your eyes and you see yourself like very distorted. And I would just remind myself like, okay, like, hey, if I don't like how I look today, I know 
that this is like not my vision. It's like Ed vision. Yeah, and, totally. that- and it's not even just vision, but it's also like your thoughts and everything. I know when I, now that I'm fully recovered and completely confident and my body looks a lot different, I get hit on so much. <laughs> like yeah. it's crazy. Like it's yeah. crazy. And so, you know, before I'm sure that stuff happened before, but I just wasn't open to it because I didn't think that I like deserved compliments or anything. And now I just take it as, wow, thank you so much for the compliment. And I can take that compliment. But I think it also limits your ability to take on your life in different ways. Mm -hmm. I fully agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Eating disorders linger forever, but I think once you know the tools, the mental tools to really like overcome it, even if it, you know, is still like popping up here and there, you have that like strength to really just like show who's boss and, you know, move through it. Some other tools, like I know for myself was getting rid of clothes that no longer fit me. I had this like closet of all these clothes that I wanted to fit in one day. And I would just keep them. And so it was sort of like motivation. And a lot of, you know, quote unquote, health coaches will tell you to keep like a pair of motivation pants that don't fit you. So, you know, oh my God, and that kind of stuff. My huge thing was taking away all of the clothes that didn't fit me. My husband and I went into the closet and spent all day going through every single piece of clothing that I had. And if it didn't fit me right then, I threw it out, like just, or donated. I didn't throw it out because that would be crazy. Um, But donated it. And also another good thing is social media. Like social media can be great for body positivity and self-love, but it can also be damaging if you're following the wrong people that aren't aligning with your values. Would you say? Oh, Leanne, I like a hundred percent agree with you on this one. And I actually realized that this is something my like that I did this past year I mean over the years I think that like your self-love is always growing and like perhaps your body image can always be improving so like this time last year I had great body image but in the spring I was on a cruise ship with my podcast partner Sean and I remember us like laying in bed just being like let's like totally do an Instagram cleanse. Like, let's just like delete, like, you know, unfollow. And so her and I literally unfollowed about like 300 people. Like it was, it was so cleansing. And from that moment, I realized that like my body image just like skyrocketed and it wasn't even like, that's what I was desiring, you know, but it just like goes to show you that if like you have any listeners listening to us right now thinking like, oh no, like I follow everyone I love on Instagram, like no one's negatively affecting me. Mm-hmm. Like they very well could be without you even realizing because I was definitely under that impression too. You know, I was like, oh no, I totally just like follow inspiring people and stuff. And then I just like went through my Instagram account like an unfollowed people that I was like, okay, seriously, like, why am I following them? And like now almost a year later, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was 
one of the best things I could have ever done for myself. Do you think um, with social media, I know for myself, it was more of a comparison to others. Maybe it doesn't even have to do with their bodies, but somebody posts that, I don't know, they just got married and their wedding looked gorgeous. And like somebody else posts, you know, that their kid is like, really cute and playing with crayons and they're just adorable and you're thinking well why don't I have those things and why aren't I why don't I have a happy family like that and why 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 and it really comes down to like comparing our lives and it could be our bodies too like you know that friend who no matter what they eat they look amazing and they brag about how they can eat a pound of candy and not gain a pound like how do we deal with that comparison that we feel or jealousy that we feel of other people's lives and bodies? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think, like we said, you know, distancing yourself from those triggers. So if you are being triggered by someone like getting married or having babies, like, you know, if you're experiencing infertility, maybe body image isn't your issue, Mm -hmm. but you're really struggling with, you know, conceiving a child with your husband and you're following all these like moms that all they post is pictures of their babies and that is wearing on you every single day. Like you really need to distance yourself from that. I think that's like step one. And then also like being in tune with what you want and speaking to yourself. I'm a huge advocate for like self-talk and like speaking to yourself with compassion. That is honestly one of the main reasons I think people are still stuck in this like body image or just like non-self-love state. You know how there's Mm -hmm. so many people like – sitting there right now as we speak like wanting to love themselves and I truly believe that the number one step that these people have to take is changing the way they speak to themselves like that is the number one barrier to achieving self-love yes yes Yes. (laughs) Yes to all the things. Something that I noticed while I was working with my um, body image coach, uh, Summer Inanen, I don't know if you're familiar with her, but I love her. Yeah, she's amazing. Isn't she Canadian too? Yes, she is. (laughs) Yeah, represent. Is that one of our first sessions together, we were talking about how I have a really hard time taking compliments. This was probably about a year and a bit ago. So my task right at the beginning when I was really starting to get into self-love and body image stuff was just next time somebody compliments me, just say thank you. And it was such, such a hard thing to do. Like you think, oh, like no big deal. Thank you. But when somebody compliments like, wow, I really like your your hair. You're sort of like, oh, this? Like I just like showered. I didn't do anything to it. You kind of come up with excuses and stuff and not actually take it in. And one of the, that was one of the first steps that I did on this path. And it really helped me get a glimpse of the self-talk that was going on inside. Like, clearly, if I am responding in that way to other people, like, what, what else am I saying inside? Totally. Yeah, accepting compliments is definitely huge. Because if you, like, can't accept something, obviously, like, that dialogue within your head is totally something different than what you're being told and yeah that is another great way to you know begin 
changing that mm-hmm. self-talk that's happening within you. Totally. So let's shift gears a little bit and kind of go back to the food because a lot of women listening and primarily women, hey guys, there's a couple of you too, um, <laughs> but a lot of the women listening are on a keto diet and you know some of them are tracking, some of them aren't, hooray, that's awesome, but how do you go from being obsessed with macros and tracking and not replacing it with another obsession like avoiding grains or sugar because you get on that focus of better health and health improvement? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. So I would really recommend to those people to really pay attention and kind of get clear on how they feel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, for an example, I know a lot of people will think like, oh, well, now she's just eating high fat and really low carb, like she's restricting her carbs. And, you know, if you are doing it just to do it because someone told you so or you think it's just like another diet trend, well, yeah, then that's probably not the healthiest action you can be doing for yourself. But if you reflect on like when you did make that diet change, it's like, okay, are you feeling better or are you forcing it on yourself? You know? And I think if they can honestly tell themselves like, no, like I'm doing this for my health Mm -hmm. and I'm seeing improvements, like whether it be in their energy, their sleep, um, their hormones, which is a huge one. I think that's kind of a good thumbs up that they're doing it for all of the right reasons. Totally. And I think for me, it was sort of like understanding that my life is a gray area and not black and white. So although I know that grains do not feel good in my body, I know (laughs) this, I know it. But you know, the other night I really felt like a carb up. It had been a couple of days since I'd had carbs and Kevin wanted to order a gluten-free pizza. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And before I would have been like, oh, I don't know, like there's greens in it and I'm going to feel bad. And I just made a choice. Like, I know it's not going to feel the best, but I'm going to sit and watch Jurassic Park with my husband. It's going to be great. I'm going to have a couple pieces of pizza and then life goes on. More on my interview with Meg Dahl after this message from one of our podcast partners. Shopping multiple stores to find your keto must-haves can be frustrating, overwhelming, and a downright waste of time. Tallow, coconut aminos, snacks that aren't loaded with sugar. When I visit local markets and grocery stores to load up on my favorites, it can take me a whole day to find the things that I need. But with Thrive Market, I can load up my cart online while I sit in my PJs with my favorite keto things, almond flour, mayo, duck fat, rich cacao powder, sea salt, MCT oil, and sugar-free jerky in less time than it took me to drive to the first of five stores on my grocery store trail. If you're like me and searching for a one-stop shop to save you time, energy, and money, their premium goods run upwards of 50% off what you'll find at a grocery store, I highly recommend giving Thrive Market a go. I've been a longtime partner with Thrive Market and they gave me a new exclusive offer for our community that made my mouth drop. 35% off your first purchase. Yes, that's 35%. That's in addition to their already discounted products. Just go to thrivemarket.com forward slash HP and you'll find all of my favorite products after entering your email. Seriously, I don't know how long this discount offer will last. So again, that's thrivemarket.com forward slash HP to get 35% off your first purchase. 
So how I'm sure that you have gray area too. Oh when yeah. You're eating. It's just, would you say it's just like ditch the food rules and do what feels good in the moment? And how do you balance that with like sugar? Because if you start eating sugar, <laughs> you're going to eat more sugar. So how do you balance that personally? Oh yeah, girl. Love this question. I definitely do live in the gray, um, not black and white. And this change happened immediately after, you know, when I said like that night in 2013, where I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, like I am living with so many rules right now. And I just need to let them go. I just like need to let them go. I really liked how you like touched on food rules. It definitely struck a chord with me. I think if you are wanting to achieve health, achieve happiness, you cannot have rules. So I ditched the rules. And instead of just going willy nilly and like kind of being at a loss of what to do, because we do feel that way when we ditch those rules, yeah. right? <laughs> um, I actually took an intuitive eating challenge. The very next month when I tossed out my scale, I took this intuitive eating challenge that was put on by Jamie Mendel. She's another friend of mine. She's an amazing girl and she actually still runs this intuitive eating challenge. So if anyone is just like, oh my gosh, intuitive eating, that is something that, you know, I desire the most. I would highly recommend the challenge. It's a 21 day challenge, I believe. And I went through that. And the first lesson that we learned is that we are allowed to eat whatever we want, whenever we want. And honestly, Leanne, like, that's exactly how I approach my life to this Mm -hmm. day. I still like every day I wake up, I know I can eat whatever I want, whenever I want. If I wanted to wake up and like, you know, tomorrow morning and eat some oatmeal, like I know I can do that. And when you have that mindset of eating whatever you want, whenever you want, there's no guilt associated, which is huge. And then the one thing that I know so many people are thinking like, well, if I say that, I'm just going (laughs) to eat sugar all the time or like, you know, brownies for every single meal. And it's like, well, you know what? You might for like two days. And then guess what? On the third day or the fourth day or whatever, your body is going to be like, okay, this is not good. Like this is not like shaking from all the sugar and you have a headache. (laughs) Exactly. Like, you know, you don't actually want that. And our bodies, I'm a huge believer that like our bodies want to be healthy. Yes. I say that too. That's like my line. Totally. (laughs) I didn't even know that. Oh my gosh. Your body wants to be healthy. Yes. It does. Your body wants to be healthy and our bodies know that they can only be healthy through nutrients, right? Something that, you know, I just like hate is those like zero calorie like syrups and stuff. And, you know, people will be eating those and then they're like, oh, like I'm constantly hungry and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, your body wants nutrients. It doesn't want just like food right like it doesn't need just filler like 
you need nutrients. So if all you're eating is like protein powders, egg whites, and oatmeal, like my diet used to very much consist of, you know, you're you're going to be constantly hungry because that's not nutrient. So anyways, when you approach life, like your entire life, um, with the mindset that you truly can eat whatever you want, whenever you want, that like very much so encourages intuitive eating. And I will be completely honest. Yeah, you might have a few days where all you eat is bagels, like, because you probably restricted bagels for years. I know for me, when I was going through that challenge, you're going to think this is just like crazy, Leanne. But (laughs) when I was going through that challenge and adopted that mindset, there was two nights within those 21 days where I ate those two and a half pound mixed nuts from Costco. Like, you know, those huge mixed nuts. Yeah. So yeah, like I remember and like two separate days and they were within the same week and I'm not even lying, but I like there was this one night and all I wanted was nuts, like all I wanted. And I had like, you know, very like plentiful meals that day, like very balanced meals. But like, I just like was like, oh my gosh, like I still kind of feel hungry and all I want is nuts right now. And I like, started eating those nuts and I just constantly like checked in with myself every handful you know I was like okay like am I still enjoying these yep so I would still have some Mm -hmm. and that just like continued and I ate the entire tub of like two and a half pounds yeah you did (laughs) and you know like I mean if I didn't have that mindset Oh my gosh, the guilt that would have set in, right? But I had that mindset and I was like, wow, okay. Like I actually wanted those in that moment and I ate them and I felt good about it. But now like I can have nuts around me and I don't like eat them all because like I allowed myself to go through that phase of you know, like, really, I mean, my psychologist from way back from my eating disorder days, he said to me, because when that happened, I actually did make a session with him. So I had a session with him, I explained to him what happened. And I was like, is that like, okay, that I just Mm -hmm. did that. And he was like, Meg, like, these are foods that you clearly haven't been eating much Mm -hmm. of or any of over the past couple of years, you're right now seeing it as like this bright, shiny object. And he said, like, once you move through this phase, it's all just going to be food to you. And when he said that, I just like, put a lot of trust in that. I, you know, put a lot of trust in like my intuitive eating journey. And I moved through it. And You know, I really don't like when people think like, oh, I can't have like chips in the house because I'll just binge on them. It's like, no, you're not binging on the chips because you have them in your house. It's because you're telling yourself you can't can't have them. them. (laughs) Right? Yes. I'm a huge believer in that. And, you know, that's something I work on with my girls, like my clients as well. And we discover it to be true every single time, you know binging ends when you stop telling yourself that you can't have it. There's that little rebel within all of us, right? 
Yes, totally. A hundred percent. I have a huge rebel inside of me when somebody tells tells me to do anything, I do the opposite, like anything. So it's really bad. A couple of thoughts that I had is that I know for myself when I said no to the no more food rules, I'm going to like focus on nourishing my body and nourishing my soul and just being kind to myself. Food rules would still pop up. So when they'd pop up and, you know, I'd be preparing something and be like, oh, Leanne, you shouldn't have that. I would just quickly say, I choose love. Love I choose love. And I would just repeat it. I choose love. I choose love. I choose love. And then after a while, it just went away. So that was something that I thought of. And also you chatted a little bit about, you know, just feeling how you feel with the food that you're eating. I put together a free resource probably about mm, a couple years ago now. It's like a food journal. So I'll include that in the show notes. It's at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash journal. And it's just like a free food journal template to kind of, you know, you write down what you ate, not the measurements or anything, but just like sweet potato, bacon grease. How did you feel? So you can just track how you felt with the food that you're eating without tracking the calories and stuff like that. More on my interview with Meg Dahl after this message from one of our podcast partners. The podcast is partnered with Wolf Clinic Royal Flora, my choice in soil-based probiotics. Soil-based probiotics are a fabulously effective approach to repopulating the gut. The soil-based organisms are cultured in declayed plant matter free from pesticides, chemicals, and toxins. Unlike conventional probiotics, which have a shortened shelf life, are vulnerable to stomach acid, weakened by processing methods, and less likely to reconstitute or colonize the GI tract to the level we need it, soil-based probiotics are alive and thriving, meaning they colonize along the entire GI tract, rapidly forming into the bacteria your body needs most as soon as it interacts with saliva. Soil-based probiotics from Wolf Clinic called Royal Flora is my choice in soil-based probiotic. And my gut has never felt less bloated. I'm not reacting to foods in the way that I used to. For example, spaghetti squash. I can eat it. No problem. It's great. U.S. and Canadian listeners receive 20% off when you order from healthfulpursuit.com forward slash gut. Use the coupon code gut, all in caps, no spaces, for the 20% discount to be applied to your order. My last question for you is, okay, I have two, so I need to decide. Um, Okay, let's talk about distinguishing between shame-based eating, emotional eating, and physical hunger. And if that's Mm -hmm. even important, because you were talking about your nuts, the nuts that you were eating, and you were looking at the nuts like, do I still want this? Am I still hungry? Let's quickly go through what what that looks like. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone knows what like hunger is and I really do. I I'll say something that I shared with a client one time and it really worked for her because she was like struggling. Like, am I just like eating out of boredom or am I actually hungry? Mm. And I said, well, you know, a good tool to use is Let's say you took a spoon of like nut butter out of the jar and you loved it. And then you were like, okay, I really want another one. And then you took another spoon and you loved that one. And, you know, by the third spoon, you need to make sure that you're still enjoying it just as much as that first spoon. And if it's just kind of like whatever, then yeah, that's maybe like mindless and you just like are keep going. So it is like you know, important to 
just do like little self check-ins, I suppose, and um, make sure that you are eating because you're hungry or because you're really enjoying it. And this whole thing with emotional eating is I hate when people think emotional eating is bad. (laughs) Like it's not bad. Like that's just another thing that we need to let go of. Like just a mindset that we need to let go of is like, you're not going to emotionally eat all of the time but you're going to do it. And if you think it's a bad thing, then you're going to feel guilt from doing it. And then you're going to eat more and then binge. Exactly. We all just need to realize and adopt the mindset that emotional eating is like so good for our soul sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not always like, you know, a pint of ice cream after a breakup. It's like, Christmas, and you're happy and you're enjoying and like maybe you're not super hungry but like oh my gosh it's so good like I mean every single time my dad makes like barbecued salmon he legit makes the best salmon in the world and (laughs) like I every single time like I just know like I'm gonna eat so much salmon because it's something that just makes me freaking happy and I just eat a lot of it you know and there's nothing wrong with that yeah Totally. There's nothing wrong with it. And it's part of being human. And I think the moment that you discover that emotional eating is okay, the less frequent it happens, well, maybe not the less frequent it happens, but the less frequent you create shame around it. You know, I know when I used to emotionally eat, it was like, oh my God, I emotionally ate. I'm such a bad person. Okay, I'm just going to keep eating because like, why not? And I screwed up my diet. And then that would turn into like days of binging. Uh, you know, the so it's, worst. Just, oh, it's the worst. Totally. It's a terrible cycle to be in. And I really do, you know, believe that you just need to let go of all of the rules. Like, yeah. you know, we don't need to live with rules. That's not what life's about. And once you can learn to let go of those rules, like good things happen, only good things happen. You and I are, you know, two survivors of just like letting go of all of the rules. And look at us. Look at us. Look at us, girl. Seriously, writing books and doing awesome things. (laughs) Seriously, it's awesome. I'm so proud of you, by the way, and your book. Like, I cannot wait for your book to come out. I'm, I So when I found out that you're, you were writing a book, I just imagined getting it and like squealing and like running in the house and like looking through it and just being so excited. So Babe, you're so sweet. Thank oh. you. <laughs> well, I guess um, we could probably chat forever, but we will not today. So where can people find you? I'll also put these links in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah. So I'm known as Meg, the RHN, so registered holistic nutritionist. So um, my website is megtherhn.com. And all of my social media handles are Meg, the RHN. So I'm super active on Instagram. I love Instagram. And then I have weekly blog posts too. And you can always shoot me an email if you really want to chat with me I will always get back to you it's megtharichan at gmail.com and then you know if you do want to listen to Leanne on my podcast my podcast is called the nourished podcast and it's great 
guys, you should go subscribe to it and then listen to all the things. Thanks, babe. Thanks so much for being on the show today, Meg. Thank you so much. This was a blast and I I could talk to you forever. I know, me too. (laughs) Thanks again. Bye. And that does it for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Thanks for listening in. You can follow me on Instagram by searching Healthful Pursuit, where you'll find daily keto eats and other fun things. And check out all of my keto supportive programs, bundles, guides, and other cool things over at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash shop. And I'll see you next Sunday. Bye.